Steve. And I'm Laurie. And welcome to another episode of This Podcast is Gay. This episode we're speaking to Joe and Will from the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester. We spoke to them in December as they were dealing with the impacts of the second lockdown on their latest production, Rent. Joe and Will set up Hope Mill Theatre five years ago and since then it's become really successful, particularly known for its productions of musicals. We were keen to hear more about their story, so here it is. So, welcome to Will and Joe from the Hope Mill Theatre. Really delighted to have you on our podcast today. And thought we'd just kick off by asking how things are for both of you at the moment and how things are with the theatre. Thank you for having us on. At the moment, things are good, as good as they can be. Obviously, we did work towards opening, you know, at the end of this year, um, and we did successfully. But unfortunately, only for five performances of Rent, which is the show that we opened with. And then, of course, we found out that we were going to go into a second national lockdown. And the show ended up closing on its official opening night, press night. So, yeah, that, that was tough. But, you know, we're just so grateful that we did manage to capture the production and that we were able to offer online. Gave everyone a little bit of hope, gave us a bit of hope. So, actually, believe it or not, it's been really busy and I think we sort of think, oh my goodness, how were we going to be able to do both the live and the online? And although we, you know, we are closed again and we probably won't be opening this year, we're working hard towards opening again in January and it's been a roller coaster of emotions, but I think right now I'd say we're, we're you know, we're positive. Fantastic. Let's take things back then and go right back to your, your beginnings. Can you tell us about how the Hope Mill Theatre came about? How did you go from that initial idea to the fully functioning theatre that you've got today. Yes, that feels like an absolute lifetime ago now. We were originally both trained as musical theatre performers. Joe trained at Mount View in London. I trained at Lane Theatre Arts. And we met, um, I think, a year after graduating. We worked on a job together, which was an amazing job once in a lifetime. Um, it was Sasha Regan's all-male Pirates of Penzance, which opened at the Hackney Empire and then toured Australia. And that's where we met. And a friendship formed and then later a relationship. Um, so when we moved back to London, we continued to stay together and work in various different performing jobs. And it was sort of probably a couple of years after that, we both had a challenging year. As I'm sure you both know as well, it can be really difficult in this industry. And that's definitely just something that goes hand in hand with it. And Joe particularly had a bad year from auditions, just not a lot. And we were both working and paying rent in London and you know what it's like. And I actually as well had some vocal injury. So I ended up having two operations and had to take a year out. And it was actually in that time of sort of being forced to sort of stop doing what I loved, where I looked at other avenues and opportunities and I wanted to stay creative, stay in the industry that I loved, but perhaps not tread the boards again. So I looked into producing and produced two pantomimes in a, in a 400 seat theatre back in Cheshire, where I was from originally. And that gave me that appetite for 
the joy of creating work for people, uh, creating opportunity and creating a show and bringing all those crucial aspects together to put a show on the stage. And I think a new love for theatre sort of started from that point. And then we went back to London after doing those few shows. But actually, I think that bug, that seed had been planted and we decided actually after a while to move to Manchester and not necessarily to open the venue, but to see what it was like, maybe get on the property ladder a bit more affordable, maybe a few more opportunities to be had. And it was only when we came up here, started working as waiters in a restaurant that we realised that there was a real creative emerging scene up here and the only theatre in the country wasn't just being created in London because I think that's what we probably thought at that point and we started to network and meet people and we realised that there was a real need for more creative spaces and that's where that idea really came from and it was actually we then got asked to go back on tour in the Pirates of Penzance but the UK tour with Sasha and it was really because we'd spent some time in Manchester at that point that we thought we can do this, we can do this. And we spoke to Sasha a few times, you know, having a beer after one of the shows and asked really about how the Union Theatre came about and why she did it and all those sorts of reasons. And we said to her, like, we've had this idea and we feel like we might want to open a space in Manchester. What do you think? And she just said, just do it, just do it. And it was really that that we decided, okay, so... The rest of the tour, we started looking for buildings. I mean, it's worth noting that we had no money. We had no business experience. We actually had no idea how we we're going to make it work, but we just had this idea and this drive and passion for theatre. So we started looking at spaces. We looked at a railway arch and then we found what is now Hope Moss Theatre advertised on Gumtree as storage space. And on one of the weeks off, I think on the tour, we came back up to Manchester and came to view the space and decided within, I think, 20 minutes, yes, we want to make this a, a theatre. I think everyone thought we were absolutely insane, but we just had that sort of naivety and that ambition that we could make it work. And, and that was that. So that took about a six month, not struggle, but certainly a lot of hard work for six months to secure the lease, to try and get the landlords to agree to let us have the lease. I guess at that point we were 24 and 25, no business experience. They could not understand why anyone would come and see a show in this building. And I think six months of us persevering and sort of not letting them let it to anyone else, they eventually gave us the lease and we got the keys towards the end of October in 2015. And the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you focus a lot on musicals in terms of the, the shows that have been produced at Hope Mill. What, what led to that? Was it your musical theatre backgrounds? Yeah, I think it probably was. that. It was all we knew. It was our passion. It was what we both trained in, at worked in. It's what all of our friends were in. So like Will says, having that relationship with Sasha as well and the work that she's been doing for a lot of years on the small scale with musicals, I think inspired us to say it's definitely musicals that we want to focus. We want to focus as in self-producing. And to be honest, coming to Manchester and learning more about the cultural landscape up here, there certainly was not a lot of platforms and opportunity for musicals on, on a smaller scale. Obviously in London, we were so used to, you know, thriving off West End scene that produces incredible productions. And um, But coming to Manchester, a lot of the focus and more independent theatre scene was definitely acting, play focused and new writing, certainly not musical theatre. So, so yeah, that was sort of also a bit, it was going to be set as a side a little bit, you know, having a, a focus predominantly on producing musicals. But even within the space of, you know, the first couple of years of us producing musicals here, the kind of work that we were also 
programming here, you know, Manchester Theatre Companies and small touring work and new writing really started to inspire us as well. And we realised that actually we really had to embrace all different genres of theatre. And, 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 you know, since we have produced numerous plays and collaborated on new writing projects as well here at the theatre as well. But yeah, first love is musical theatre, absolutely. And how did you find that process of building an audience? Because once you've got you've got your lease, fantastic. But actually getting that paying audience, I imagine there was quite a lot of work involved there. Yeah, I mean, that reflecting back on that, it's like, how did we ever get people to come here? Because I guess back in the early days, we didn't have lots of excess money to put marketing behind the venue. And, and you know, we used to get so disheartened for the first couple of years because people would come and say, oh, I've never heard of this place. I didn't even know you existed. And it was like a dagger in the heart because you think, oh, put so much hard work and energy into it and you've never heard of us. But then of course, why would anybody have heard of us? And, and in the first year or two, we were so fortunate that we got a lot of industry recognition and we won the Hospital Club Award in our first year for theatre and performance. And, you know, the shows that we were collaborating on were getting great traction and getting great reviews and we were getting nominated for other awards and we a Manchester Theatre Award. So from an industry point of view, you know, in a very short space of time, Hope Mill Theatre's name really took off far quicker than we could ever have imagined. But yeah, from an audience point of view... It really just comes down to word of mouth, I think. It really was just production by production that we put everything into the shows that we were producing. And fortunately for us, we were also programming really high quality, amazing companies that were bringing incredible work as well. And it just came down to word of mouth. And I think if someone came, loved the space, loved the productions, and we've always put it down to, it's got to be those two things. They've got to have a great experience within the venue as well. And then also a great experience within the theater watching something. And then I think they then would recommend to a friend or someone else that they know that enjoys theater. And that is probably how it started. I think that's just how it's continued to grow. And I think organically like that. Absolutely, it's totally been organic. We were very bold in our programming for those first few years, which were very crucial. So we were programming work that really was really diverse and versatile and was bringing in those groups of audiences like gay-friendly audiences and older audiences and then something like, you know, Spring Awake and younger audiences. And I think that all those shows were just milestones and engaging a new demographic of people. And when they come and they realise, oh, this is a really cool venue and the show's great, you know, you're then building that momentum. And it's been five years now, although sometimes it feels like 45, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, like we've only just reached that point in our journey where I think now we really understand our audience. We know that when we're programming, we can have that real clear indication of okay who's this for who's going to come and see this and of course we're constantly still welcoming new audiences through the door and looking to diversify our audiences because there's so much work that we can be creating that can be bringing in new audiences but that's also part of the excitement as well because five years down the line there's still going to be someone walk through those doors that have never been here before and that's special as well. You mentioned that you met and you were a couple before you established Hope Mill How do you balance being co-workers, co-owners of the Hope Mill Theatre and being in a relationship? Very good question. (laughs) It depends what day you catch us on. Um, I mean, it's interesting because we actually met working together, albeit colleagues within a show. And then when we were out of work in London, we often worked similar jobs. Like we used to work in the same 
restaurants and I'd often be supervisor and Joe would be a waiter. So we've always worked together in various different scenarios and situations. And often there's been a hierarchy as well, depending on who's been in charge. So we got used to that quite early on. I think when we then came down to sort of planning the theatre, I mean, I've always been quite business-minded and like always had that entrepreneurial brain I think and often I would come up with business ideas and Joe would be like okay yeah great and it was only when I came up with this idea that ticked a lot of boxes and it was a a theatre space that we could still be creative but also it was a business as well that I won Joe over and he was like okay great there's been times where it's difficult especially early on like we really did do everything for those first few years and it's taken a long time to get to the point we're at now And even then, we're still not fully got the sort of infrastructure that we really need. And it's still very all-consuming and hard work. But for a long time, you know, we would be working in the cafe all day and then working on the bar at night and doing all the administration ourselves. And we're still the only two full-time employees of the organization. And for a long time, probably for the first three and a half years, there were myself, Joe, and one other that ran the whole thing. And that is tough. And I think it's only when you're a few years in, you start to realize, gosh, we're now approaching the big 3-0. We now have gone past that, both of us. But we were approaching that and you start to realize there's more to life as well. And I think we had to start in the last couple of years, start to go, okay, you know, we need to be able to recharge sometimes and be able to take a holiday and be able to do things that aren't theater related just for our own mental health and for our own well-being. So in the last few years, that's what we've been trying to do, not necessarily completely successfully, but is try and get a better work-life balance because that's what happens is you go home and you talk about the same problems you've been dealing with all day and you, you know, but I think because we've done that before and because we're now so used to that, I think we probably do deal with it better than probably most couples would, but it is difficult and there are times that are, are difficult. I mean, in terms of our roles, I think the way it's become easier is because we now have very clear, distinct job descriptions and roles and what we bring to the table. And my role being executive director is sort of like, I am over the whole organization and all the different team members now. And Joe is the artistic director. So his is much more that artistic programming, liaising with companies, outreach, all that type of thing. So because we've got that definition between the roles, I think it's a lot better now because in the beginning, as I say, we really did everything. Mm-hmm. And how did did it come easily to define those roles between you or were you both? So yeah, Wells always, well, always been the boss, so that's... Right. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's just the boss, the boss on paper. No, I, I mean, absolutely. Like, I think like Wells says, it all comes down to what your strengths are, you know, and, and what you can bring to any organisation. And, and Wells is a leader, absolutely born leader has the capacity to take on a lot certainly is business minded in the sense that he understands the full breadth of how a business runs from the financials all the way to to the actual little details and and I just have never my I'm a creative I just there's certain restrictions I have in that area and I think that when I respect what as a colleague I have so much respect for how hard well worked and what he's capable of undertaking but I know that I can't do that and I think it's finding that balance between what we both bring and what we both can and can't do and then just having respect and support for the other person Mm, very good sounds very impressive I must say balancing those things in the way you have (laughs) it's not always like that it's not always that like what was on a good day yeah we like (laughs) we like each other today (laughs) Nigel 
<laughs> We've just about managed a podcast. I think that's about as far as we could go with the joint joint endeavors. Things do get fractious. Yeah. On, uh, joint endeavors, yeah, definitely. So you mentioned that you initially you had some sort of inspiration from Sasha at the Union Theatre. And I think you've also had sort of some other mentors. To what extent have those sort of industry professionals been helpful to you on your journey and sort of managed to get you to where you, you are today? I think that everybody that's been part of the Hope Mill journey has obviously been a massive inspiration and has been part of our journey and a really important part. I mean, someone like Sasha, you know, we work with her as actors, but being able to see how she built the Union Theatre from absolutely nothing, of course, for us was a big inspiration because that's exactly what we did with Hope Mill. And I think that along the way, you know, having Sasha there and we're still so close to her and being able to call her or she'll send a text and being like, you're doing great, keep going. And and she probably feels partly responsible for the reason why we have a theatre because she's the one that told us to go and do it. And then, of course, you know, when we first opened Hope Mill and we had a really successful collaboration with Katie at the Entertainment. And again, that was just something that came out of absolutely nothing. You know, it's one of those on a whim I worked for, for Katie as an actor and she's from Manchester and oh, I didn't even know that at the time. And getting her up to the venue and saying, we want to put on musicals and her being like, you know, this is great. It's amazing what you're doing. And that one sort of let's do a show together turned into a, an incredible four-year collaboration, you know, 13 musicals and London transfers and tours. And it was just incredible, incredible journey. And along the way, we've all learned so much from each other, which has been the biggest inspiration. You know, we've all helped each other so much in our own journey and seeing how we've all grown and how we've grown and the venue's grown. And it's all down to the people Hope Mill Theatre, yes, is, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Will and I, but we wouldn't be here where we are today if it wasn't for all those people that were a massive part of our journey. Mm. I think I read when you um, sort of set up the theatre, you had a lot of help from friends and family just getting the space into a performance-ready state. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I have quite a small family and Joe's obviously originally from Scotland. So we uh, we didn't have that many people here. And because we both relocated up here after eight years in London, we didn't have that many people, but we did have friends and family that travelled down from Scotland or travelled up from London to help us out with like the opening and your granddad did painting and my mum tiled the bathrooms. And so it was literally like a team effort just to get it up and running. And I think when people first came into the space, I mean, when I look around now compared to what it was like when we actually took it over, I mean, we saw this quirky, cool industrial space, but actually the reality was it had no heating and it was crumbling and damp and cold. And it was one of those things that we we saw the potential, but we also didn't necessarily have the money to click our fingers and just, so we always were as creative as possible, making it look a certain way. And, you know, I think the first show we ever had, we had five lights and a rig that we borrowed from the Royal Exchange in Manchester. And we had to do a chair fund to get the chairs to even for people to even sit on. And so we did this little crowdfunder and so many people that we know and love from all over the country supported us with like 50 quid here and there to sponsor a chair. So without all those people that generously helped us out with their time, it really meant that we were able to actually get up and running relatively quickly, I think within a couple of months of taking over the building. It's taken five years to get it to where we want it to be. We've only just, during this lockdown period, we were managed to managed to invest a little bit more into the space, you know, with regards to just the infrastructure and we got brand new chairs. It's been a long journey, but finally sort of 
got to a place where we're like, yeah, this is what we always dreamed it would be, and now it's here. But you know that obviously doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't happen without a lot of love and support from from friends and family. What kind of relationship does Hope Mill have with the other theatres in Manchester? What we did is the six months sort of working up to taking over the lease and, and starting Hope Mill is we contacted as many people as we could in the theatre industry. And that was people that run the big theatres up here. That was people that have theatre companies. That's people that are directors, creatives. And we just had coffees and meetings and and they would put us in touch with other people. So actually, before we even opened, we tried to do a lot of groundwork and just said, you know, we see that there's a real gap here for another small space, but one that maybe takes itself a little bit more seriously. So is it like a gap? It's that gap between the smaller spaces that anything can happen to the, the next jump up where we want to pay actors and we want to do things to help people further their career, essentially. That's what our ambition was at that time. And we met a lot of people and they were saying the same things going, this is exactly what Manchester needs. So when we first opened, we'd already made quite a few connections. So when we had our first full scale play, it was with a Manchester based theatre company. I think it was their first full scale production as well. And it was our first full scale production. So it both those first really helped get us on the map, also helped them get on the map. So it was mutually beneficial. And that was really exciting. And I think that's the sort of that's sort of where we started. And again, I don't I think we had a lot of support in the beginning. The Royal Exchange lent us lights and like a you know, all the technical stuff that we were able to get the theatre up and running. Obviously we had to purchase a lot of stuff at the time. I mean that was probably the biggest support we had from one of the theatres up here at that time. But again, we were really I mean we were really small fish and I don't think we really knew what we wanted. We just wanted to get it up and running. And then once we were open, it was so all-consuming that we didn't have the capacity to necessarily reach out again for a couple of years at that point. So rather than make those connections at that point, we really thought we're going to let our work and what we do speak for itself. And actually within a few years, those relationships with the other venues started to bubble well, think, up again. Well, I think we just we just became a, a key player in the Manchester theatre scene, you know? And I think that all of those venues, like the Royal Exchange and the Lowry and home and those sort of real regional cultural assets within the Manchester theatre community just were like fair play you know hats off to you because we've got 40 50 staff members and funding and you know look what you're doing on your scale and and I think again it was that industry recognition where they realized that we were working hard and we had ambition and everything that we were doing was with a Manchester focus we were doing it in Manchester you know for Manchester and I think that we just very soon thereafter became part of that that community and that theatre community and when Sarah Franklin was running the Royal Exchange, she was so lovely and supportive. And the things that she would say, like, you know, you've changed the theatre landscape in Manchester. And, you know, like to hear that from someone who had done such incredible things at the Royal Exchange. And, you know, it was like a massive pat on the back. And I think now we're such a part of the landscape up here that the support that we've had over the past eight months with the COVID situation and being able to connect with Manchester venues. And we have I have twice weekly calls with all the cultural leaders of all of the venues, art galleries, museums, music venues and theatres to be part of that now. And that that's how they look on us as you're part of, you know, you're part of the team now and, and we're all one big family. And I think it definitely feels a lot more accessible and a lot more open. And, and I do think there is a community, a massive sense of community within the Manchester theatre scene. And because it's a lot smaller to its counterpart in London, it's an amazing city and region to be a part of something like this because it's unique in its own way. 
And I mean, you've obviously touched on the success that the theatre's achieved. Is there anything in particular that you attribute to that or any moments that stand out and you go, oh, yeah, that's that's when we knew something was happening here? I guess, I mean, we always talk about this, but it probably goes down to back all the way to like the very first award that we won. We won um, the Hospital Club Award. For, which no, doesn't exist. Which doesn't How exist sad now, is which that? is really sad. Again, another sad reality of COVID. At the Hospital Club in London, we won the Theatre Performance Award. And we were up against people like Rufus Norris and... Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Cynthia Rebel. Yeah, like some amazing, amazing people. And we obviously just thought it was amazing to be nominated and we're going to this glamorous dinner and it was really exciting and it just felt like the first opportunity that we'd had since we'd opened. So it was a good sort of just over a year in, no, around a year in exactly. And it was that first opportunity that we'd been able to sort of go to London, have a night out in our heads, kind of just acknowledging what we'd done to that point. Because as I say, it's like it was like seven days a week, all the time, constant. And then we won. And then, so with no speech prepared, because how on earth would you ever think you're going to win, that Joe, luckily so charismatic and great at speaking in public, just said this perfect speech. And we were presented the award by Nika Burns, who like we'd never met before at that point. And it was so like, oh my God, West End producer, West End theatre. And it was so like surreal and just the most amazing evening. And we were sat with other like, actors and act- actresses now that are like on Netflix and doing incredible stuff. We were sat at the same table with these people and it was just amazing. Like it was one of those nights where I think at that point it's exactly what we needed just to kind of go, you're on the right track, keep going. It's It can be really difficult, but just keep going. And I think that's what we needed. I think that's what we've said since that point. Every award that we've got and they're never financial, they never help you out financially, but they have all just sort of come at the right point that they've just given us that little bit more energy and momentum to keep going because there's been such really difficult times as I'm sure anyone that's ever started their own business, especially in the arts because there's no money in the arts, but there's been some really difficult times where sleepless nights, worrying about money, how can we get through this kind of times, but then those awards and those, that acknowledgement and recognition are those pats on the back and that sort of, keeps you going basically and actually it's funny because you you know you say about nika burns you know presented us with that award and and i remember when we came off stage afterwards she turned and she said who even are you i've never even heard of you because she's so you know direct and i just remember saying yeah but you have now you know and i think it was that sort of thing of like it's good response just that yeah just that that slight recognition of of you know we're we're here and we're not going anywhere (laughs) yeah that's great wondering about the difference you have between sort of productions that you put on yourselves and productions that you bring in externally so how do you make the decision between the two of those and decide what ratio and and so on it's varied throughout the sort of past five years i think the most that we've produced in-house in one year is five productions and that was too much that was a lot and you know because usually our productions run for about five six seven weeks so you know when you're doing five when that's almost half your year it was sort of a bit overwhelming so now we sort of found a rhythm where we look to sort of produce three productions a year in-house and possibly a play so four in all and with regards to how we program firstly we've got to want to do the show you know like you've got to be passionate and, and love the show and that's one thing I've learned on the journey is you've got to really believe in the show 
that you're putting on. And then the next thing is obviously audiences, you know, who's going to come and see it or how can we engage with new audiences with this production is really important as well. And, and also we've been quite bold in how we've programmed in-house because we could have easily have opened and started with, you know, your classics, your Singing in the Rains and your Oklahomas. And, and we did make a bit of a choice that we were going to try and produce musicals that aren't done that much or they are premieres and or bold revivals, revivals that we feel this is the time, this is the place, that this needs to happen again. And, and I think that our, our in-house productions have certainly proved that. And with regards to the received work that we have, it's been amazing because as a venue, we've grown with the independent theatre companies in Manchester. So, you know, when we first came up here, there obviously was a lot of great theatre companies based in Manchester. But again, like Will said before, not a lot of platforms and opportunities for them. And we've really seen some companies that have grown with us, which has been amazing as well, and that have gone on to tour their work and take it to venues down in London. And and the work that we, we programme is so versatile and it so, covers so many genres and we've had so many interesting and, and exciting projects that have happened here and so it's great I love meeting companies I love sitting down with them and, and then you know sharing ideas and and I think that that's one thing that we always at our core and we're passionate about is supporting Manchester theatre companies you know absolutely and so hopefully they'll all be back next year a tough question maybe but is there a particular production that you look back on with the greatest pride or the most fondness in terms of your journey i think probably we might can we have different ones <laughs> we'll let you have different ones oh, thank yeah. you and um, <laughs> i'd probably say mame it was our most ambitious musical at the time and you know i i had such a respect for tracy bennett tracy was our as our patron and was our first patron of the theater but as a performer and at the time performing in Follies at the National and, and I remember seeing her end of the rainbow and I just, just like, she's just a force, she's incredible. I remember being my second year at Mountview and going to see End of the Rainbow and writing about it as part of a project and just being in awe of her. It's one of those pinch me moments where you fast forward your life and think, oh my God, she was in one of my shows and performed in my venue. And so there was a lot of sort of a dream come true moments with that and it was just a great great production and again it created a lot of buzz and and we got a lot of brilliant people that came to see the show i would probably say our most recent show rent is the first show that we've completely produced fully in-house as we transitioned a year ago actually a year ago we transitioned into a charitable organization for many reasons and this first year was going to be our first year where we fully produced in-house everything under the organization of the charity. So Rent was meant to be our second in-house production of the year. It was meant to be Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella in the spring, which sadly has been cancelled due to COVID. But Rent was our second. And I think for me personally, being the executive director and also the producer of the in-house shows, it was the biggest challenge ever also one that I think although we were faced with every obstacle at every single point you can imagine one that we have achieved and probably with bells on as well like it, it's just the most special show and I think because it's come from being created in this COVID world with all these different variables that have been happening it feels like even more of a special achievement the fact that we got it to the stage we achieved that we got it through rehearsals I think we were at that point 
the first musical or the first show of that scale that had been created in a COVID world when we were in rehearsals in September. So that achievement and the fact that we were able to get to our opening night, obviously the lockdown stopped us, but we had managed to create a COVID secure production and we had managed to get it to the stage and capture it. And now it's being enjoyed by people at home. I think for me, Rent has been that sort of, again, main very much like raised the bar for us. And then Rent has just been that show that's either met it, if not surpassed it in terms of its ambition and its reach and it's um, the success that it's been able to enjoy. Oh, it was a fantastic show, it really was. And um, Thank you. as you say, having to produce that in the midst of the pandemic's not a bad achievement, is it? <laughs> what did lead to your decision to become a registered charity and how has that sort of changed the way you operate? Yeah, I mean, it's hugely changed the organisation. So we started Hope Mill Theatre as a limited company. So myself and Joe were directors and essentially, yeah, we, we completely owned the business. And I think it was probably even two years in when we started to go, oh, isn't it the second or third year in business? You're meant to start seeing a profit. Ha 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 ha. And I think it was when we started to realise that what we'd created, the work we were still having to put in to make it operational and continue at the level and the standard that we really wanted it to operate at, we were either going to burn out and it would stop because no one else would ever work as many hours as we did for the money, or it was going to get to a point where we would lose it or financially it just wouldn't work anymore and it would go. And I think at that point, because we've made a success of it very quickly, the fear became, how do we secure it for the future? It's always been bigger than myself and Joe. The Hope Mill Theatre is a bigger entity and it's an organisation that we would love to still be around as a legacy, you know, in years to come. And how do we make that happen? So we spoke to lots and lots and lots of different venues around the country, that different models. And there's a reason there's not many limited independent theatres in the country. And it's just because it's really, really difficult. And having spoke to lots of organisations that are similar, that off West End scale, a lot of them was originally independent and became charities over the years, usually in an organisation's history. So that's when we started to look into it. So th- that's probably about two years ago we started that journey. And it was extraordinarily complicated. And I think we went through like different solicitors, lawyers, a lot of money. And it took a year and a half Actually, so two and a half years ago, it took a year and a half really from starting the legal process to the charity actually taking over the running of the organisation, which was the 1st of November last year. So that was like another thing we were having to sort of navigate our way through with this whole like legal thing and the entity of the company and becoming a charity and going from directors to employees of the charity, that getting a board of trustees together that understood the work we were doing but also were willing to support us on the next the next stages of the organization so it took a while it's very complicated and then the second we became the charity as of last year very different in terms of counting it's indifferent in terms of like policies and 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 things like that and trustee meetings and going from where we were the only decision makers to now we have to run all our decisions by a group of trustees who vote on it. And in many ways, that's a positive, but it did take some getting used to that actually we now have this support structure, which we weren't used to either. So mainly it was is positive. And in terms of the funding, like we were open all of a sudden to a lot more funding avenues that we'd never been eligible for before. So actually... I mean, I look back in hindsight and go, it's the best decision we ever made because then we end, our first year as a charity, we entered a world pandemic 
And if it wasn't for the trustees supporting us through it and the fact that we were a charitable organization that was eligible for different types of funding, it would be a very different picture right now because again, we would have just been financially liable. And the fact that we would have closed in March, it would have been, I would be highly surprised if we survived this, if it was the same sort of uh, legal entity uh, model as it was previously. So it's definitely the right decision. And again, the fact that we're now part of this larger sort of charitable organization, the dreams and aspirations, you know, we haven't reached them yet. We're doing really well. We're really proud of the journey we've been on. But the next five years is crucial to how the organization um, grows and, and, you know, what we achieve. And I think the fact that we're part of a slightly bigger organization now with more financial support, that's definitely a lot more achievable now as the new model. Yeah. I'm just interested as, as kind of two gay men, whether your kind of sexual identity does play a role in how you program shows or, or what you want the theatre to do in terms of supporting the, that community. Again, it's probably not something that I've ever thought of, but I think probably inherently, yes, it, you know, it does play a massive part. For instance, we launched this year our first ever arts festival. It's actually an LGBTQIA plus festival and that's something that we were really passionate about hosting a Hope Mill Theatre Arts Festival of some sort. It's something that's always been on the cards and then when it came down to it with the incredible community that we have here in Manchester you know and the breadth of diversity within the queer community in Manchester it felt like the right kind of festival for our venue to, to host. You know, and that was a massive success and, and, and turn on fest it's called and we're actually bringing that back again in January and we're hoping that it will be an annual festival and as part of the festival we also financially support through development grants for queer artists. So yeah, I think that certainly it's, it's not all of what we focus on but it, it's definitely an audience demographic that we're very passionate about and that we that we value a lot i think as well it's worth saying i being gay men as well and, and growing up as gay men you're always going to have that sort of empathetic quality in terms of being an open organization and encouraging diversity within the organization in terms of on stage, off stage talent. And that's something that we're really passionate about is creating opportunity and making sure that there is work being created in this building for every single community and every single type of person. And again, especially like after this year with the Black Lives Matter movement, I think it's really important that venues lead by doing and theatre has the most powerful tool in which it can make change. I really believe the arts have that power and it comes down to people that run organizations or create work or create theater to make that change. Even with the Rent cast, for example, Rent was actually cast in February, but we've just been praised for the casting and it deserved that young, talented pool of actors. And we had 2020 graduates within the cast. And that's exactly how we want to move forward and create that opportunity. And I think that's an incredibly important thing for us to do. And I think we're maybe more sensitive to it because again, we come from a small community that has had it Mm. tough in the past, Mm. sure. What are your future ambitions, hopes, dreams for for the theatre? I think continue to to grow the organisation and on every level. Now that we're a charity, I'm really passionate about a lot more community outreach opportunities for young people. We really want to start developing a lot of our own stuff. So new musicals continue to be a platform for the Manchester theatre community. 
And yeah, I think we've got a lot of ambitions about where Hope Mill Theatre will be in, in the next five years. And I think it's all about growth and expansion, but just keeping it at the heart and soul of what the venue is and that it's, it's a venue for everyone and also growing our team as well, you know. Again, I think it's just continuing. Like you say, like recovering from COVID is a huge thing. And I think, to be honest, I think we don't really know the sort of devastation the final devastation sort of impact of still very early days and we still don't know what the next few months are going to be. But certainly to recover strongly from that, I mean, that's basically all we know how is to put on ambitious work and anyone put on rent in the middle of a pandemic, I think is, is probably completely bonkers. But we wanted to do it because it felt the right thing for the show, the team that we already had attached and the venue and that felt like the right decision. So continuing to make decisions just like that, really, I think is the most important thing for us. And to continue to be ambitious and bring hope that the arts and the industry is going to come back and we will be there and we'll be that place that our audiences can come back and have, you know, a glimmer of hope and escapism and all those things that I think theatre is so important for. Because I think it's going to be a long recovery from here if there's one thing that's important, it's a sense of community and coming together to share something that is, in my opinion, one of the most special things about the human race is the ability to put on theatre and to bring music and all those things that are, are amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, Will, Joe from Hope Mill Theatre, thank you so much for your time. It's been fantastic to hear both your story but also to hear what you want to to achieve going forward so thank you for joining us oh thank you so much thank you it's been a pleasure thank you again to will and joe tune in for our next episode where we'll be talking to oral historian jane trays about her work to capture the life stories of older lesbians so until the next time Bye.